Afghanistan, Algeria, Armenia, Egypt, India, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Kurdistan, Lebanon, Pakistan, Palestine, Syria, Turkey, Jordan. Welcome to Radio Intifada. Voices from Calcutta to Casablanca. Voices of struggle. Voices for change. Bringing you news and analysis of people's struggles throughout Southwest Asia and Northern Africa. Brought to you by Swana Collective, KPFK, Pacifica Radio, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, and 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, and streaming live at kpfk.org. Afternoon. My name is Nima Ardalan. I'm glad to be bringing you another program from the Swana Region Radio here at KPFK 90.7 FM. We're in the studios with my co-host and collective member, Professor Hamoud Salahi, Associate Dean of International Education and Senior International Officer at California State University, Dominguez Hills. As usual, Hamoud, you're, you and I are back and doing another show for our uh, favorite radio station. Yes. And, uh, it's yeah. good to be back. And uh, as usual, at the beginning of the show, we're going to ask our supporters to please pitch in and keep this station alive only with your contributions and support will we be able to bring you these programs again i beg you please please if you value this station these types of programs don't forget to support us call the station or go to kpfk.org and pledge your support and I guess we know the number, right? <laughs> 818-985-KPFK. Now, this week's program will focus on uh, two historical events, certainly two historical events in the Arab world. The first is the legis- legislative elections in Qatar and the appointment of the first woman to be a prime minister in Tunisia. That is a big deal. Then we will shift to another major development in Western Sahara, with with which European Union court ruled annulling two European Union with Morocco because they did not have consent of the Western Sahara people. Both treaties included Western Sahara as part of Moroccan sovereignty. Now, Hamoud, let's let's begin by the good news. First in the Arab world. Yes. Um, specifically talking about Qatar, the uh, the first uh, legislative in Qatar and the first woman to be Tunisian prime minister. Let's let's go with Qatar because I want to really talk about this. what's the significance of having a the first legislative sitting in Qatar. So uh, this is uh, long overdue. Uh, I think Qatar uh, entertained this kind of initiative uh, for many years, but it couldn't come at a better time. Uh, Today, uh, uh, Qataris uh, went to the poll uh, to elect a a council of 45 members. However, uh, they are only uh, voting on two-thirds, meaning 30 members only, uh, for, for the council and the ruling emir, uh, Athani, will later on uh, uh, chose the remaining uh, 15 members. 
233 candidates run for the, uh, for the, to be elected. 26 of them uh, are women. Uh, and so far, uh, the re- uh, we're still waiting for the results. But this is a, a major step in, uh, in, in Qatari uh, uh, politics. Some will view it as symbolic uh, because uh, the legislators will have authority to approve uh, and approve uh, general state policies and, uh, and budget. So it's really more in terms of uh, general guidelines or general authority. It, the, uh, the council will not have any say in matters of defense, security, economic and investment policies. Uh, these are all issues that are still left to the uh, to the uh, the government. Uh, that is the uh, uh, the ruling family and uh, the, the respective members of each of those departments. Uh, now, uh, the uh, uh, Qataris have uh, a, an elected mayor's council, and that has been there for quite some time. Uh, other uh, countries in, uh, in in the Gulf, uh, like the Emirates, uh, United Arab Emirates, has a federal council. Saudi Arabia has a council similar, even though the members are different. Uh, the, the total number is higher than that of, uh, of Qatar, given the, uh, the size of the population. So it's a good step. It's a step in the right directions. And uh, we'll see how it, uh, how, it, uh, how it goes in the next, uh, maybe uh, when this uh, council meets and uh, what, what's all about. This is interesting now uh, that uh, we mentioned this. Um, you know, this, this, in, this really comes just a few days before when uh, uh, Sheikh Mohammed called the Taliban uh, 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 move about, you know, uh, on, on girls' education, very disappointing, you know. And now, Qatar is moving forward, having a, uh, you know, their first legislative uh, elections on Saturday, uh, October second, uh, which, which, which indeed is historic. Now, mm-hmm. um, do you think that this? plays into Qatar as being uh, a regional uh, power, a mediator, uh, because to me, uh, the Taliban moving backwards mm-hmm. while the Qataris are moving forward. They're, they're going with the times. Now, what about the the the, the 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 word on the street in Qatar. How do the the people feel about this? So you have uh, different uh, perspectives. Uh, the general uh, sentiment among the Qataris, among the region, as you, uh, as you, uh, as uh, you can read it in the in the media, uh, is a welcoming news. Uh, bear in mind that the media is controlled. Uh, by the government, so the party line is, is is to endorse this, and and in part because the other Gulf states have similar uh, representations. Uh, all uh, have uh, elected members and selective as they might be, but they have councils. They have uh, uh, this kind of representation. So Qatar was left out. 
but it's also it speaks uh, about uh, perhaps uh, what's happening with Afghanistan, uh, the fact that uh, 26 women uh, run for the the elections is strong indicators that uh, the the Qataris are also sending a message to uh, to Afghan. Uh, that uh, maybe it's high time for them uh, to do the same. Never, uh, we should uh, state at the outset that the elections were organized before uh, before uh, the Taliban took over in Afghanistan. So in many ways, it's it's a good development. It's it's there are those who see it as a as a uh, window sort of uh, addressing thing. It it will have no power whatsoever. But what you could see, this kind of exper- experimentations in the Gulf countries have uh, meaning have meanings uh, because most likely the members are, uh, who are going to be elected as are tribal leaders, people who have influence in their communities. So the uh, the rulers tend to listen to the, uh, to them. Uh, Kuwait, for example, is perhaps um, if I'm not if I'm not if I'm, I'm right. Uh, has had uh, democratic experiences since 1937. They have what you call a diwana. And a diwana is like a direct democracy where uh, people come together uh, to discuss uh, their, uh, their, their concerns and uh, with tribal leaders and members and their intent, and they, they resolve uh, conflicts. Uh, that uh, experiments led to uh, the Kuwaiti parliament, who has, uh, on many instances, uh, been uh, very influential in shaping the policies of, of Kuwait. I see this as a step in the right directions. It could be limited in powers. It is, as many have suggested, symbolic. But we also have to take into account the characteristic of the societies. and Exactly. So that's no, I, what, what that's why I was trying to tie it in with 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 yeah. with the Qatari, Qataris uh, schooling the Taliban and and their, uh, yeah, it, and it, their the Taliban could easily come back and say yeah. why are you telling me this well you're not doing it yeah yeah and then uh, to be to be frank most of these negotiations took place in Qatar so yeah, this and, kind of yeah, this this kind of ties into our next topic first female prime minister historic event in Tunisia. And if I'm not mistaken, this would be the first time in the Arab world as well. Is that correct? I mean, this is the first woman in the Arab world uh, who, who is going to be appointed or has been appointed as a prime minister, a major uh, achievement for women's rights, uh, for uh, equality, in particular, uh, since this person, despite critique by many in the, in the social media, in, in the press, uh, 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 who uh, are accusing her of being not competent uh, or doesn't have the experience to the contrary. Uh, she's, uh, uh, she has a PhD, a doctor, uh, a doctorate degree. So she, she, she has the, uh, the, the, the education, if that means something. Uh, and it means a lot for the, uh, for the region in that perspective. The second, she has had several key positions in, in the Ministry of Education, uh, and in the higher education sector, along with some administrative positions. So she is very well qualified and she deserves to be nominated. Now, isn't she, uh, didn't she uh, work with the IMF or the head of negotiations yeah. with the IMF? And if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the biggest issues in Tunisia right now is finances. 
and 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 you know sort of uh, Tunisia uh, dealings with the the World Bank, with the IMF, uh, the International Monetary Fund. Uh, it's very, it's very interesting. Back in the early nineteen, in the early seven, I think in late sixties, early seventies, uh, the uh, uh, at the time uh, the uh, socialists were in power, and they had designed a strategy, uh, a planning strategy that will sort of focus more on self-reliance, building the economy, and so on and so forth. But that led to some crisis in which the, uh, the late president, Habib Bourguiba, to nominate Hedin Wira, who, uh, who was uh, uh, working for the World Bank and had vast experience in, in, um, in, 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 world, in finance. Uh, that turns out to be a major decision that would shape Tunisian economy by focusing or by building it or by targeting it to, towards uh, the uh, tourism and, and, and Tunisia is, is one of the, uh, uh, it adopted an economic strategy that rely, that rely heavily on uh, tourism instead of what uh, the previous socialist party would have, uh, uh, would have implemented. So that, that position, uh, the nomination of or the appointment of Hayden Weira, a finance person with vast experience in 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 in, in, in international banking, uh, shaped Tunisia's uh, future. And I don't know if this uh, uh, new prime minister uh, uh, is on the same path. But uh, the move is designed specifically to address uh, the, the economic issues, the uh, problems of investment, and to uh, and to correct the uh, or to help sort of uh, uh, resolve the economic crisis uh, that Tunisia is going through. Of course, the opposition uh, has opposed this nomination, and uh, and and they have been very active in in uh, you know in opposing uh, the president's decision not only this but some of the the the, the powers that he took to himself uh, as we discussed many months ago about uh, about the current crisis in yeah. yeah no no that 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 is into uh, question if uh, if there is any issues with her credibility because the president's decisions on circumventing some of the yeah. rules, then that that that's I guess just we have to wait and see if uh, if uh, as opposition you know accuses her of being just a figurehead and 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 a and a and then just a ploy. Uh, but uh, it is it it's is time. Yeah, it is a uh, step in the right direction. Absolutely. Let me just remind our listeners that uh, we are speaking with Professor Hamoud Salhi uh, of Cal State Dominguez Hills, and I'm Nima Erdalan. This is Swana Region Radio here at KPFK 90.7 FM. We have been discussing Qatar, uh, the first legislation uh, elections, legislative elections, and uh, we are talking about Tunisia. Now, do you uh, believe that uh, she'll be well received? Uh, in the Arab world, that that's that would be before we move on to another. 
It's really, it's more of a uh, uh, political position. You're talking about a, patriar- a society that is dominated by patriarchal rules, uh, that women's role is undermined, uh, that many have, you know, women uh, have been under oppressive uh, patriarchal societal and legal rules for quite some time. So, so it's not, it would not be expected uh, to be, uh, to focus more on her uh, uh, her performance shall be under heavy scrutiny just because of the perception uh, that as a woman she will not be able to do the uh, she she will not be able to do uh, the job uh, so so that w- that will be expected the cha- the challenge for her frankly is, is that this is really a bad timing f- for anyone to be a prime minister in in, in Tunisia uh, despite all intention, uh, the country is in a major crisis, and the way the Tunisian system works it is set in a way that it would it would put the prime minister in front of these challenges, and he or she, in this case, uh, uh, the, the new prime minister. Uh, by the way, we need to to to, to give the name. Her name is Najla Boudin. So uh, uh, her role, uh, she's put in a very, very difficult uh, position. So she has, number one, uh, to fight uh, those who have doubts uh, based on on, uh, a gender issue, a discrimination against women or the perception that women cannot be rulers and, and so on and so forth. And then the reality on the ground. That is, and the third one, as I was trying to uh, sort of uh, make a point, that the president uh, somehow is going to be uh, left out of any blames because the assignment for this person is to go and do the job and make it correct and, and find all this plan. So he is, uh, in many ways, uh, will has now somebody uh, to blame. And it also uh, perhaps is, is a media ploy. And I'm not saying that the president has other intentions other than good ones, but perhaps is to shift the discussion uh, from the current problems that Tunisia is facing uh, to the issue of the, of the appointment. So it could be also a media and media ploy, but certainly uh, this is a very significant position. And it means uh, 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 it's another achievement that the, uh, the Tunisian women have achieved. And you know, Tunisia, by, by many uh, standards, is way uh, up there in, in front in terms of uh, emancipation of women and, and, and women. Absolutely. Well, we'll keep an eye on this and uh, talk to you about it soon, I guess. Well, now, listen, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to tell you what's happening to the Kurds. Are they, uh, they have a woman in the government now or, and the prime minister, will that be the next mm-hmm. uh, step? Well, if they ever have any power in, uh, in countries like Turkey and Iran, <laughs> Uh, uh, Syria, Syria certainly. Uh, the the Kurds in uh, northern Syria, they uh, they're very much integrated, and every canton uh, of uh, under the control of the Kurds has a male and a female that lead the consuls, but not in Iran. I know we don't have time, but you know a point that that we need to stress when you look at the data on the ground and the data education, achievement, all of this, women are better, uh, you know, the level of the rates of graduation from schools, women are very, very higher than male. Absolutely. Uh, Averages are in the 60s uh, in certain countries. 
in terms of professional achievement, those who succeeded have done very well in their profession. I mean, look, look, look at Angela Merkel. She's, she, her term is oh. coming to an end soon, and she, what, she's been in power for like 16 years or something. Yeah, she's and, and the most also, popular. Uh, so the, 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 uh, our, uh, our, our, uh, uh, this Tunisian woman, uh, the prime minister, is being compared to Angela Merkel. Well, I'm glad. Let's keep an eye on it. Hamoud, let, let, let's stay in the area, though. I have an important question about the European Union court that annulled the two treaties the EU signed with Morocco because they did not have the consent, uh, according to the Kurds, of the Western Sahara people. I mean, uh, any details on this? So uh, this is uh, uh, was uh, a case that uh, the Polisario brought against uh, in the European Union court. The European Union had signed two treaties with uh, Morocco. One uh, that, uh, that is that, uh, about agricultural products. The other one is fisheries. And in both instances, the EU uh, got or uh, was allowed to uh, have rights to fish in uh, the waters uh, belonging uh, to the Western Sahara. So the Polisario uh, uh, raised the issue or built a case uh, to the EU, and, and, and the result uh, came uh, last, uh, a few days ago. And the result is basically states uh, or conf- confirms that the Western Sahara is an independent uh, territory from Morocco, and that the Polisario uh, has a right as a representative recognized internationally by, by, other country, by, uh, by uh, a large number of countries have a right to bring this case, uh, which brings, uh, brings me to answer your question in terms of the impact. So the Moroccan, right from there, uh, they, they will lose about uh, $60 million in business transactions. Uh, they, they, they are now faced with a serious uh, international case uh, that uh, uh, that is against uh, what uh, the, uh, for example, the uh, United States recognition of the of the sovereignty of uh, Western of the uh, Morocco sovereignty over Western Sahara. So this against it. So in many ways, this is a, an achievement again uh, for the, uh, the the Western Sahrawis right uh, to uh, uh, you know right to have self determination and or to have uh, you know their own independent state. So it's another third event that we're, we, we, are, we are having today uh, that focuses uh, on the positive rather than negative. See, we, it's not always bad news in the Middle East, Niva. Well, you know, uh, uh, we, are, we are hoping. We are hoping. We are hoping. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, so, so I have to ask you about these things in 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 uh, Azerbaijan. What, what, what's happening? Okay, that's that's interesting that you ask about that. Um, well, we are just getting close to the anniversary of the uh, 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 the Azerbaijan Armenia or Artsakh war. It's very close, and um, unfortunately, there are some. Um, tension on the border between Iran and Azerbaijan. Uh, Iranians accuse Azerbaijan of uh, encroaching on their territory, 
being too hard on trade, etc. So in turn, things are kind of heating up. So Iran just conducted uh, quite a few maneuvers. I mean, uh, nothing hostile uh, uh, on the border between the Azerbaijan and the, 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 the Iranian and Azerbaijani borders. Uh, obviously, uh, Azerbaijan, a country of, uh, I believe, around 10 or 11 million, uh, there are over easily estimatable 20 million Azeris in Iran, Azerbaijanis in Iran. The Azerbaijan government in Baku really considers uh, Iranian Azerbaijani territory as southern Azerbaijan. So they have claims to it. Obviously, if I... Uh, I have a number of Azeris in, 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 in Iran. Absolutely, and a huge number of them are in, uh, uh, are in political power, and yeah. uh, the, as well as economic power in Iran. Yeah. So, some of the more uh, nationalistic, uh, uh, I guess, elements uh, are prone to wanting a unified Azerbaijan, but as a whole, uh, Iran sees it sees it as a threat. At the same time. Yeah. Iran supported Armenia in the war, while Israel and Turkey supported uh, Azerbaijan uh, over the Armenia-Artsakh uh, war. Now, uh, obviously, we have Russia and China, and we, we talked about this somewhat. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And, yeah. Uh, but but the, other, a... the other side of it, uh, Nima, uh, the, uh, the Iranians uh, have been sort of very uh, friendly uh, with uh, the Taliban. They, uh, uh, so that's sort of an issue that they don't have to worry much about it because both countries understand uh, uh, that it is in, this, in their best interest not to get involved in any conflict. But on this other side, on the border of the, uh, uh, on, the on the other side with Azerbaijan, it seems like situation is is heating up. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, if, if you really see this, it's it's uh, it's it's the, the, the true quagmire, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah. What is happening in that area? Uh, maybe uh, Israel has designs on uh, on uh, maybe uh, keeping an eye on Iran through Azerbaijan. Of course, we know uh, the Azerbaijanis and Turkey. They're, they've been allies for uh, for quite a while. Uh, they have great trade between the three countries. Uh, a lot of the technology that Turkey is developing is uh, more or less with uh, Israel's aid and as well as Azerbaijan. And uh, the Iranian government doesn't make this easy on anybody. Uh, they're constantly trying to shift uh, their domestic failures onto uh, external elements and uh, but the situation here uh, you know it's not just uh, local to that border obviously you have Russia and China Russia now is in that region they haven't been since the collapse of the Soviet Union they just came back and they're a power uh, they're a player in the region but at the same time uh, our uh, whispers and uh, people are worrying about uh, a real uh, war breaking out. And uh, unlike Armenia, 
Iran is is not uh, has a large army. They have a uh, I wouldn't call them a modern uh, armed forces, but uh, they have been they're, they're battle tested and they they have uh, uh, mm-hmm. they have some capabilities. They were battle tested in Iraq, in Syria, and as well as Yemen. So. Um, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's something to keep an eye on, and uh, hopefully uh, in the near future we can uh, have some guests and some experts on this, and uh, we can talk about this and look at this more in detail. So you see it as going uh, towards crisis, escalation, not de-escalation. To be honest, nobody's hoping for it to get to be escalated but it is a possibility mm. uh, uh the only thing that 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 area doesn't need is another war <laughs> yeah. and, and you know it's been so many of them uh, yeah. i mean if, if you look at uh the the the, the taliban uh, look at iran and look at armenia azerbaijan and uh iraq syria uh we didn't even talk about uh libya today but that's another topic we need to uh, cover very soon. Well, uh, uh, Hamoud, I think we're out of time. And uh, I want to thank our listeners for being with us. Yep. And uh, thanks for listening to KPFK. And don't forget to support us. Afghanistan, Algeria, Armenia, Egypt, India, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Kurdistan, Lebanon, Pakistan, Palestine, Syria, Turkey, Jordan. Welcome to Radio Antifada. Voices from Calcutta to Casablanca. Voices of struggle. Voices for change. Bringing you news and analysis of people's struggles throughout Southwest Asia and Northern Africa. Voices.